3: This hour is brought to you by Vasectomy Clinics of Chicago. The Bernstein and Holmes Show. I want Owen Daniels on the show. I guess he's been out here, like, helping
4: with all sorts of forecasts on football games. I don't know if this is, like, a start. Like, that's what he's going to do, and he's going to take my dream job of being the guy with the parrot. In
3: the Caribbean? You have to wait for that guy to die, and then they hand down we're
4: the parrot? Let's, <laughs> There's
0: only one parrot.
3: Let, let's just say he retires. We don't have to kill everybody. And the Dan. weather's always the same? Well, until it's not. It's either fine or it's a disaster. It's either perfect or a
4: disaster. Right,
3: right. So so I feel
4: like Owen Daniels is now trying to steal my bit. Copy my whole... Flow! Oh. off
3: bar! And you know what mine is, right? I've described this before. Combination fishing cooking show. The first 40 minutes, I'm sitting on a boat, and we're wherever we want to be in... The virgin waters or unfished waters or just the best areas, the best times, the best guides and we're just like having beers and fishing. And then the last 20 minutes is we keep a couple of things that we catch and we go to a show kitchen and we cook them up.
0: You have to get your Brian Kelly on for the show and do a Cajun accent.
5: I'm here with my family. Bernstein and Hope. It is a.m. till 2 on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. <laughs>
3: Get enough football? You footballed up?
4: Yeah. I
3: enjoyed the football quite who? a bit. I did, too. I did, too.
4: Watching it. Lamar go out there yeah, and do you crazy stuff.
3: Up. Yep. We are, we, we're ready to go, and the Bears have an offensive coordinator, and apparently we're going to talk about all that, and maybe a defensive coordinator soon enough, too, as we broadcast live from the Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai Hyundai dealers. We're going to talk to Anthony Heron at 11, Dan Wiederer at noon and spend a lot of time talking about an eventful weekend in the NFL and beyond. Our producers are Ray Diaz and Adam Studzinski, Brandon Fryer, Connor O'Donnell as well, but that was that that was worth our time. It was absolutely worth our time.
4: Absolutely. It was a fun weekend. Like even the the Ravens game which was a game until it wasn't was entertaining and you're seeing like something that you've never seen before in the playoffs with Lamar Jackson getting two rush touchdowns, getting two pass touchdowns, rushing for 100 yards, and having an over 100 passer rating. That's never happened before. Now, we saw one of the few times that the two touchdowns rushing and passing happened. That was Jay Cutler.
3: That was against
4: Seattle. Se- yeah, Seattle. That was
3: Unbelievable Jay- game. And one of those rushing touchdowns, he ran through and over everybody.
5: Yep. And Greg Olson balled out, and then they traded his ass in the offseason. He sure
4: did. He's an exceptional analyst, by the way. Like That was one of the things that, that we've talked about a lot, and we've had Greg on the show, and clearly we have affection for him. But as far as his contemporaries go, He's better than them.
3: Yeah, and I actually thought that Collinsworth had a better game than he's had in the past. I thought he did his homework and he was more on top of it than just sort of parroting what he heard during the week.
4: I don't know what's going on in that CBS broadcast.
3: I thought Romo was better yesterday. Sometimes he's He's lost. He just says weird things. There are 70,000 plus who are screaming against him. Well, that's how many fans
0: I play in front of normally at my house. Pretend like they're all there, but there's zero but right now what? it's it's almost like like what what? It's almost like like Bill Walton like Bill Walton's weird but in an entertaining way and Tony Romo doesn't have that same like w- funny weird. He's just
5: weird. It's not good. It could be better. I should clarify it. He wasn't good. He was better yesterday than he was the week before. That's that Low bar. is damning Low bar. faint
4: praise right there. Is, I mean,
5: he still wasn't, yeah. If we're, if we're, on his own low <laughs> bar, he was better.
3: Yeah, but this is, it's the Kelsey's world, and we're all living in it. Apparently,
4: I, I meant to ask David about that because I know that he's anti-Kelsey. My whole thing is that I I'm really happy. I like Jason Kelsey quite a bit. I'm really happy that if he's retired, he's retired. I'm just, like, is all of this for a documentary? Like, if you're just... Hey, I'm retired, and I'm going to act like a crazy person. I'm here for that. If this is now like, what is Jason Kelsey going to do? Watch on Amazon Prime. If
3: that's what this is, I'm I'm less enthused by it. As you should be if it's a bit. If it's not, we'll have Tony LaRusa judge whether or not it's sincere. We have to have the the sincerity police come out with the baseball police, and then he'll decide. Is he running the Bears? No, Trace Armstrong is. Oh, because apparently Shane Waldron is represented by the same, the former Bears defensive lineman, former first-round pick, who represents Ryan Poles, who represents Matt Eberflus, Mm. and represents Shane Waldron. That is your de facto shadow president, because the Bears, no matter who's on their own masthead, no matter who's listed, they always have to farm things out, whether it's Bill Polian or whether it's Ernie Accorsi and the animal that lives on his head, and now apparently the, the the puller of the strings is their former defensive lineman. Well, we don't know that. It is fair to speculate. That's so the way the, that we should probably it is, frame it. It, it is it. fair to speculate the extent of his actual power.
4: Yes. One of the things that, that I was thinking about this morning is – It allows for anyone who wants to create a boogeyman. You have one. Like The Bears have allowed for there to be a boogeyman. The the weird way that Poles and Eberflus answered David's question when those two guys were hired about their their agent and them knowing each other before they started working here. And maybe it's just coincidence that... You hired another one of his clients, but it allows for people to go, did Ryan Poles do
3: his agent a solid, or did his agent do him a solid? Quid pro quo, Clarice. Did he say, well, hey, don't fire Iberflus, and I can steer Waldron your way? Well, to
5: be fair, we didn't know that Pete Carroll was going to be out in Seattle until the day that the Bears announced Iberflus was coming back
3: it doesn't mean they didn't know it. I know. I just, we didn't know the it. The public timeline that we're aware of. I guarantee you the agents know it. They, there's okay. there's no way they were blindsided by that because of all the, the clients that they've got to move around and the fact that there's only a handful of coaching agents out there. It's a very small group. So so that becomes the problem for the Bears is that
4: the perception is is that you are being led in some way by an agent which is okay if you just want to put the agent in charge of the franchise instead of it feeling like he's he's your version of LinkedIn like he's just the person who's oh hire this person hire this person I've got a person and I'm all right with him directing candidates even to Ryan Poles but my my hope is that Ryan Poles doesn't feel beholden exactly. to his agent to hire people because they are represented by his agent. The hope is that when you did all of your, it, it's this is part of the reason why you're hoping that a guy like Kevin Warren will then be in charge and go. But then you have to wonder because Kevin was an agent himself during Trace's mm-hmm. time in the league, mm-hmm. and then you go, well, wait, was Kevin Trace's agent at any point? I don't know. Do you know? I don't. I, kn- I know that that while Trace was playing, though, that that's what Kevin Warren was doing. But the whole point is, the whole point is that you don't want there to be the perception that someone else is in charge of your franchise instead of the people who are in charge
3: of your franchise. And when you have your general manager, your head coach, and now your, your chosen, your ch- apparent choice of offensive coordinator are all represented by the same behind-the-scenes power broker. Like, look at this if this were another sport. Look at this if this were an NBA team. And clutch sports. I mean, or 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 whoever people think that Rich Paul is the boogeyman. Anyway, what I'm I'm saying, but like, if this were an NBA team with a general manager, a a coach, and and a like that was doing this, yes, what we'd be saying,
4: it it would look real wrong, and this looks wrong. I'm not saying it is wrong, but the perception of it is bad. That that these very important hires may have come from the same house. That's not good. Like that that just there's an abdication that can be accused when oh well of course after everything that you went through in this this whole search for an offensive coordinator you went and hired someone that was attached to your agent. That's not to say that Shane Waldron isn't qualified. He's clearly qualified for this job. He might be one of the best candidates for this job. And if they
3: get the quarterback right, he'll look really smart. And if they don't, he'll be fired. Yep. But that doesn't look really stupid. But that doesn't change the fact that this doesn't look good. No, it just it opens up everything to a lot of questions. And I just think it's fair to ask about how much of everyone's ear he has and or what promises get made. Because all that stuff happens behind the scenes. We're not in the room where it happens.
4: You thought I was going to sing that part? Yeah. I was, I was just I was just singing it to he Ray. Did, he just did it. This guy just did it. Yeah, it's a good song. Great I want to be, I want to be, yeah. In the room where it happens. Click, boom. Yeah, we would all like to know. It goes back to how are the Bears doing business? And... Look, we're not naive. Dan and I have a a pretty good idea how a lot of the sausage is made. What we're talking, we know that there there are favors that are done and all this other stuff, but is that best practices?
3: and i'm not sure that it is in fact i'm i'm certain that it's not especially when they're especially under warren how they've been constantly talking about and patting themselves on the back for no stone unturned and everything we we're, we're going to do what's best for the organization and maybe it's just coincidence that they're they keep leading back to one agent but that that's a lot of coincidence it's it also gives the agent a lot of power of course so we'll, you just keep an eye on it, and you hope that the, all of these people look smart and everything will be fine because right. they get the quarterback but right. But it's, and, that, and that's all. Everything will look fine, and it's all water under the bridge if you get the quarterback.
4: If, if you didn't know that Trace Armstrong or his agency was with Shane Waldron, you would walk in here and you go, okay, that seems to be a sensible hire by the Bears. I, I think it's probably a good hire considering the different places that he's worked, the different types of coaches he's worked for, the different types of offenses that he runs, that he really does seem to believe in teaching. That there, it's a well-rounded offense that that he, I think that Cole Komet could end up being really successful in the type of stuff that Shane Waldron runs. So it's, I I think it's it's a smart hire,
3: I think. But you just hey, want don't to know who knows. I mean, he's, he certainly has a reasonable resume. He's qualified for the job. He's absolutely qualified to be an offensive coordinator. And history suggests that he'll be fired in two years because that's what happens. I guess John Shoup got a third year. And who was the other one? Was it Martz that got a third year? Yes. Otherwise, in the last quarter century, you get two years and you're fired. So now they have to figure out
4: what to do at quarterback in uh, our, our friend Dan Weederer and Colleen Kane, like they wrote about it this morning that they were asking offensive coordinators, like different about different types of quarterbacks. So we'll see.
3: But I, I do think that it's important to put that on the record. All right. So let's, when we come back, let's get a look at the resume of the bears, apparent uh, offensive coordinator to be that Shane Waldron of Seattle, who is liked by some in the, the Seahawks fan community and disliked by others, as seems to be the situation with most offensive coordinators. Nobody's uh, is 100% liked across the board. Everybody nitpicks their OC, so... Let's, let's look at where he's been and what he does when we come back on the score. Why?
0: Why?
1: If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours.
6: Why? Why?
1: Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home
2: down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details
5: Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. You got a guy with experience
3: uh, in the role, uh, has done it for a while. You got a guy that um,
5: comes from that Sean McVay coaching tree, which, as you saw, the list of candidates kind of expand and grow. That was a recurring theme with with what they had going on you got a guy who i believe uh, has the same representation as uh as the head coach uh and and that's been something where you've kind of seen how uh moves in the business aligned from time to time not always the case but i believe that's uh the situation uh here as well
1: well that's a
3: shocking development Shane Waldron finalizing a deal, according to reports, to become the offensive coordinator of the Bears, which is a big deal because the head coach isn't going to be that involved with that side of the ball. This is a bigger deal than it would be in a lot of other places.
4: I don't know if we can say that either. He hasn't
3: been as
4: involved with that side of the ball because of the choices that he made I wonder if now we'll see Eberflus take a a, a more serious look at what's going on with his offense, and once he hires a defensive coordinator, might it make his life easier to play a role on the offense?
3: Maybe. I think he still has to figure that out, especially after what happened last year. I think he's at his most comfortable when he is – essentially a defensive coordinator with a head coach title.
4: Right. But you still need to have some of that. Someone needs to be able, and it can't just be, you know, Phil Snow or Al Snow or whatever, John Snow, whatever. It can't just be him at his desk. There does need to be someone who can understand install, that understands what it is that you want the game plan to do, and then go out and help teach it while you're working on other things. I do think that there was a time crunch and Matt Eberflus even alluded to it when, when he was talking to, to people at the end of the year, there's not enough hours in the day if you're t- going to try and do both of those jobs. So if you want to get back to CEOing and be the, 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 game day play caller, which I have no problem with at all, you need to have someone take some of this responsibility off your plate and then maybe keep a closer eye on your offense because I do think that that I, I think on the list of things that went wrong with the Bears' offense, Eberflus having to focus on, you know, covering the the work that needed to be done by his fired defensive coordinator played a role in why the offense looked
3: the way that it did. So let's meet Shane Waldron, who has a. Let's say it. An impressive resume. Absolutely. He, he's absolutely qualified for the job. He is known as a, as a bright guy, and he's from a small town in Oregon. He went to boarding school at Phillips Academy and then played college football at Tufts. Sir. He, he was a tight end and long snapper. So, I mean, the, he was a jumbo, a Tufts jumbo. I visited Tufts. It was not for me, but it's a- Is
4: there mascot... What's their mascot?
3: Is it an elephant? I think yeah, it, the the jumbos. I'm yeah, but cool. I I, I want like, is there an actual mascot? I don't know that I that I I don't know. I because I, I like this idea. I knew it was not a, quite a fit for me, but it is. It's a wonderful school. So he played college football there. He was an operations. It is, it is. It is. Yes, very much so. It's an elephant. Yeah. What's his name? Jumbo.
5: The Jumbo. I would think Jumbo the elephant. Since 1885, their mascot Jumbo has inspired and encouraged everyone who wears the brown and blue. That's according to Tufts University website. It was, I'm it was a male, just male about
4: African it. elephant that was owned by P.T. Barnum, who was a trustee and benefactor. So at one
5: point they had an oh, actual elephant. It is elephant. the
3: actual Jumbo. Yeah. The famous, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was actually P.T. Barnum's famous Jumbo the elephant. Like the first famous elephant. Well, oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Well, now you know. Uh, And then Shane And knowing's half the battle. He was an operations intern for the Patriots for two seasons. He was a grad assistant at Notre Dame, tight ends coach of the Patriots. He was the wide receivers coach of the Hartford Colonials, offensive coordinator for Buckingham Brown and Nichols School, which is a day school in Cambridge, Massachusetts. He seems to like that. Tight ends coach at UMass, offensive line coach at UMass. How is he not hired for a baseball front office job? Well, because that's not Amherst. It might as well be. He's got everything else. He's
4: got UMass. He's got Tufts. He's got boarding school. That screams
3: out baseball executive in in the teens and 20s. Offensive quality control coach for Washington. The Rams tight ends coach in 2017. The Rams passing game coordinator in 2018. He was promoted to pass game coordinator and quarterbacks coach in 2019, then pass game coordinator for the Rams in 2020. I don't know if that's a demotion. An offensive coordinator for the Seahawks starting in 2021 up until now. He has a very
4: layered and varied experience as a coach, which I like. There's a bunch of different position groups in here. And if you understand more position groups, I think – that it, it leads you to be a better OC.
3: Now, all that said, someone else, if, if right now you want to actually do the academic background and resume of Matt Patricia, we would we could say the same things and say, oh, wow, look at this, look at this, look at this. Can he coach? No, he's an idiot. Oh, okay. Right. He's terrible at everything he touches. Right. Okay, fine. So it's just understand that we can tell you all these things, and I, this is a classic case of being well-qualified on paper.
0: We learned, by the way, uh this morning, man, Patricia. Out! he gone.
3: Oh, yes. Very much so. He is but he's is, out of contract.
0: He's he out wasn't of contract. Hired.
3: He's
4: no, they didn't want to, wanna,
0: they, they weren't jumping at the chance to bring him back. I'm
4: huh? I'm sure he'll wait to see where Bill Belichick ends up
3: and then beg him for a job. Do we know where Waldron is during games? I I had not
4: thought about it. I know that's a big thing for you. It is. I, I feel like I've seen him in the booth.
3: I like booth guys. I like I like detached booth guys rather than on the sidelines. Look, head coachy guys. Look at me. I look like a head coach. You're seeing me here. I want to be seen because I I want people to get close ups of me. So Uh-oh. in
5: 2021, he yeah. was plays from the sideline. Okay, I'm trying to figure out if that changed. But wouldn't
4: that track with what what Sean King told us? trying to be seen here's here's a story uh, from NBC Bay Area as a, or, or, yeah it, here's what they said whether it be in the booth or, or the field a quote from Waldron we're going to keep working through that we're going to go on the field to start thinking about going in the booth in my mind it's what's best for our team we're going to take a couple of different things in terms of what's coming up here and make a final decision as the season approaches
3: the use of the royal we is interesting. I don't so, know. I don't know if he means he and Pete Carroll were going to talk about it. I'm not sure. I think he's
4: probably in a booth. Right? It's a booth guy instead of a look at me guy, dig me guy. Because that's what you are if you're an on the field coordinator. Yeah,
3: by the way, that if when it comes to that, it was Sean King was on with us talking about what runs through his mind when he sees coordinators who want to be on the sidelines.
6: Because here's what happens with these coordinators. And I don't know if the public really knows this when a coordinator has aspirations of being a head coach, they always want to be on the sideline because they think that makes them look like a future head coach.
4: But I'm with you. You know, I had this situation in USF and we had a guy, he just couldn't see it from the sideline, but he wanted to be a head coach. So he wouldn't go in the booth. That's not good. Hmm. But we'll find out. You know, I'm sure that will be one of the questions. And, you know, look at me. I'm calling plays. I got a play sheet. Look at this. I'm over here. You got this
3: thing. Guys are getting sloppy about covering their mouth up, too. I don't think they care anymore. They're getting
4: sloppy about covering their play sheets yeah, up.
3: I don't think they care.
4: Because, I mean, whether it's Mike McCarthy or. Spagnolo, like you, you're able to see kind of Andy Reid,
3: yeah. Andy Reid had the whole red, white, and blue, and green, and 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 laminated menu going on. There's talk of him retiring if they win, right?
0: Yep, that's been out there. Because uh,
4: how much longer do you want your mustache to freeze? I don't have a mustache.
0: Oh, Matt Nagy's really going to get his chance now.
3: Never. They're not going to hand this over to him. I wouldn't. No way. I wouldn't dismiss
0: if, it out there. What of if hand. Andy
5: Reid is like, hey, exactly. he's your guy? You know, he's learned a lot since that mess in Chicago. He's learned a lot. N- n- no. No? They can't do that. Wouldn't wouldn't Kansas City just
3: revolt? No. Like storm the castle. No. Maybe it'll
4: be Eric the enemy.
0: Okay. he will come back.
4: Maybe, maybe he's just kind of waiting too. like
0: I'm ah. coming.
4: I'll just wait and see what happens over the next couple of weeks and then make a decision about what happens next.
0: All
3: right, we watched a lot of football this weekend, and I don't know where you want to start, but there are there's just so many nuggets and notes and pieces and things, whether it's what we learned on the broadcasts or bad kickers and crying fans and drunken players. It was all a big, wonderful uh, gumbo of NFL stuff. So we'll get into so much of it next.
0: This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm
4: Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language. pitches and catches. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Bernstein at Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on sports radio 670 the score and 670 the score.com in odyssey station
4: there's the snap he goes to an e the clock is ticking one more snap and it's all she wrote it'll be third down in 12 clock is at 40 seconds the kansas city chiefs
6: on the road for the first time in the playoffs with this quarterback patrick mahomes Are going to win it. There's the snap. He goes to an E. It's fourth down. And that is it. The benches. That's
3: it. He won his road playoff game dodging snowballs after the game. His players were dodging snowballs during the game. And it was benches that
4: he was saying there at
3: the end. Yeah, benches. Benches.
4: The benches were clearing. Westwood 1 had a great weekend here on the score, like with the games. It was great. I was able to to listen to the games when I was driving uh, about, and I went to the Bulls game on Saturday, which was great. Incredible experience going to the Bulls game because of the other stuff that was going on. They did a house music tribute. My brother went with me. We had a great time. He saw a whole bunch of people that he knew. Uh, they did a tribute to Frankie Knuckles. Oh,
3: good. Good for the Bulls.
4: So it was it was really terrific, and they won. It was a dog game, but they won. But was it really about
3: the oh, truth of what house music was and yes. meant to and
4: having it on LGBT I was gonna say tonight, what, it, what it meant for the gay community was, was and, a it, huge thing. So it was it was cool to see kind of all of that.
3: I thought they they put together a spectacular night for people. That's great. And and the Bulls actually didn't play down to an opponent's talent level. Yep. Finally, I was worried. I was worried about the John Conchar Grizzlies and thinking, uh-oh, it's going to be one of these games. But no, they, they actually took care of their business. A little bit of breaking news here. Uh, Adam Schefter reports that Jim Harbaugh is expected to meet this week for a second time with the Chargers about their head coaching job. So it was very interesting. One of my notes this week had to do with the fact that Troy Aikman like took up for Jim. They, they showed Jim Harbaugh at well, watching his brother. And he said something like, I, I really hope he's in the NFL next year. He wins everywhere he goes. Someone's going to be very happy when they hire him. It just For him to just come out and say it like that, I thought was interesting.
4: I, I mean, I think over the last few years, we've gotten a more raw version of Troy Aikman, too.
3: He's at the top of his game.
4: Which I think has made him, well, he's you know, being paid like it. It's, he's excellent. I, I, there was, I mean, I don't, I don't want to come in here and sound like there was only bad broadcasting. There was a lot of good. That, that's why I wanted to point out Westwood One. Like the, everyone on Westwood One this weekend, I thought did a terrific job from what I was able to sample, and for the most part, the television broadcasts were good too. Can I just make mention? Like this is a, more of a production thing. The establishing shots the NBC used for Detroit were magnificent. They got the pizza treatment too. Did
3: you see that? Yes, they got that. I'm like, wait a second here. That's. That's the Chicago thing you're doing. What was it? Benny's? Is that the name of the place? I forgot the name of the place, but you know they
4: were definitely out here repping Detroit style pizza.
3: Yep, There's some even with the, they showed the pan. They showed them put the pan in, bring the pan to the table. That the, the rectangular hotel pan.
4: But but them showing like Belle Isle and the uh, I forget the name of the bridge that connects it to Ontario it Windsor. Yeah, it it was it was in the sunset on the water. It was really well done. I thought that they, they showed Detroit in, like, the most beautiful light that I've seen. And I'm sure Tarico played a role in that growing up there. I'm sure that he's like, hey, you know what you could try? You could try this or try this or this would be really, really scenic. And it's hard not to like that that bunch of Lions. It's really hard when when you see, like, how they get down, what they're about, their coach, the quarterback in what he's gone through where he was kind of like they they kind of exiled him inside that trade and they just needed the salaries to kind of like balance each other out and he was thought of of being a placeholder and now he's a step away from playing in another super bowl we know about david montgomery super likable guy amon ra saint the sun god saint brown is tough as bleeping nails. And then they got that alien playing defensive end. And now that he's out here apparently doing a Dwight Freeney impersonation where he's putting people in the spin cycle like nobody's business, he if he perfects that, because part of the reason that Dwight Freeney used to do it is because he was compensating for a lack of size. If Aiden Hutchinson perfects a spin
3: move, Everyone's dead. Yeah, you don't want to overuse it though, cuz I it's it's very similar to to the spinorama in hockey. Where it can look great when it works, but there's an you just there's an easy counter. You just shove him. When he starts doing that, you just shove him. Right. But
4: now we're talking about a guy who's got the size to withstand that and the athleticism to react to
3: it. And if he learns a reverse pivot like what John Randall used to do. This is just when, all the stuff that's in his yeah. arsenal. Yeah. Like V see, what I love John Randall when he would start, he was he would fake the spin. Right. And you'd get into expecting where he was going to end up and be then then like, oh humped. he didn't do it because he came over the top with the other arm and just clubbed me in the back of the head. Yeah. Right. Uh so Buddy's Pizza is the name of the pizza place, by the way. But do either of you have a rec for best Detroit pizza in Chicago? I'm sorry, I don't. You'd have to talk to Steve Ch- Dolinsky. Jets? But I yeah, know. but that's the mainstream obvious answer. I'm sure there are more boutique Detroit-style pizzas in Chicago. You can get every kind of pizza in the world here. That's true. Literally, every kind of pizza available in the world is available in Chicago. So.
4: But but it was cool to see them, and even like Hutchinson, being someone who grew up there, I always... like. Am, as I've gotten older, I'm trying to do a better job of taking in moments and just like planting your feet in something great. When you see Hutchinson be like Man. stopping
3: and sort of breathing it in.
4: Yes. Know? And and Look all of those guys in their post game interviews yep. were like, these people are not leaving. Like the amount of joy that you saw on people's faces from it, it made me think, and we could talk about it a little bit later on in the week. Like the like we were discussing last week, the concept, the idea of taking the North and never giving it back. Like, good luck. <laughs> they're in trouble. Good luck. They're, they're in a lot. Of, they've got to – these next few months for the Bears have got to be executed perfectly for them to get but, on track. But they're already not. Well, we don't know. The Shane Waldron hire could be really good, but depending on what it is that you do at quarterback.
3: Already, they already w- let that – Chance go by one of the great memorable off seasons for coaching movement of all time. They're like, well, eh, some new coordinators. Okay, all right. Well, I wish them nothing but the best of luck. I really do. It, it's I'm, I'm hopeful for. Them. There was another cool thing that we saw, by the way. It just as I'm looking at my notes, the when the Ravens saw, okay, you're going to play zone to make it tougher for for Lamar to run. And then, like, oh, you're not going to use a spy. Okay, so he'll find some spots in there. He'll pick his spots. He's not going to be able to read the nameplates and take off like it's man, but he'll pick up enough yards. And they're like, okay, we are going to use a spy. So they bring a guy in. And the response was, well, we'll just block the spy guy then. What if we go up to that level and just catch him with his his feet flat? Right, go ahead and spy him. Then we're just going to run into him every time, and then Lamar is going to go. Like, that little game, it, it's It's not complicated. Like, that That was like, okay, our quarterback's going to run, so we're going to try to stay close and keep eyes on him. Hey, he's still doing okay. All right, we're designating a guy. All right, the guy you designated, we're blocking. It was just really interesting to, to see some of that stuff going on. The
4: numbers on Lamar Jackson. Ooh-wee. 16 to 22, 152 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, passer rating of 121.8, 11 rushes for... 100 yards, two touchdowns for him. An incredible performance from Lamar Jackson, especially like that game was tight in the second half of that game. He just took off and there was nothing that you could do about it. It was a a tremendous performance. And C.J. Stroud had one of his worst performances of the year. Baltimore did a good job of not allowing for things to settle with him, he ended up nineteen and thirty three, one hundred and seventy five yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, passer rating of seventy two point
5: two. He didn't take a sack either, right? No, which is no pretty sacks. incredible.
4: Yeah, they were. Tr- he was trying to get the ball out quick. It just never, it never really materialized like that. Their offense looked out of sync for a big portion of the game, and then, then we got the heavyweight fight last night. Just. How many concussions were there in the first half? Three. It you had you had guys being taken to the blue tent, knocking guys, themselves out. Guys fighting each other.
3: Everyone like it was such a great game. Yeah, they, the, just the sound. And I don't know if that is how CBS had their parabolic mics. They were the noises coming off that field. And some it may just be sometimes in really cold weather, sound carries differently because the air is denser. But man, they they were cracking each other. Isaiah, I love this description of Isaiah
4: Pacheco. He runs like he's angry at the ground. He runs so hard.
0: Did you see the shot of him walking to the locker room? He walks in to the to the stadium walking hard. That's a that dude's a badass.
4: Yeah, he is. And he was he was talking about like he's got braces, you know, because he's a handsome guy. He's getting ready for his close-up, like all that good stuff. He's just having a blast, and that Patrick Mahomes does stuff that you go, oh wow! And so does Josh Allen. Yeah, and some of the throws Josh Allen
3: missed yesterday, you go, oh my god! Like that nuke to Stephon Diggs, and and stop throwing to Sherfield. He can't catch. He that he cannot catch. He is not a sure fielder by any stretch of his inapt name. Well, how about
4: this is that NVS is a guy that has struggled to catch the ball this year. And
3: he, and he made an unbelievable catch. He made some really
4: nice plays. I for thought Patrick he was kind Holmes. of maybe
3: bobbling it, but he he had it enough. Uh, it, uh, the recommendation for Detroit pizza in Chicago, by the way, Fat Chris's pizza and such it's best Detroit in Chicago. Per stone cutter on Foster, just west of Ashland, and pizza somebody, cutter. somebody recommended pizza-friendly pizza. That's not Detroit. It's really good, but that's Sicilian. Okay, never match with with a Sicilian when death is on the line. There's
0: Polly G's in Logan Square as well. It's another another Detroit-style pizzeria.
3: Anthony Herron is going to do sexy.